0: Hello, this is Pearls on Tuesday, and thanks for stopping by for a listen. This is a podcast based on a blog post I made on December the 7th, 2021, on my site, pearlsontuesday.com. It is about traditions, comfort, and joy. I live in a suburban area of Virginia. My home stands less than 10 miles from the hospital where I was born. Many of my family members live within the city limits or just beyond. And in many ways, my world seems small. Most everything around me is familiar. Driving through our area, my husband and I often comment, (laughs) Remember when the Kroger parking lot was nothing but a big field? Remember the old church that stood where the Starbucks is now? Remember how the entire neighborhood participated in trick-or-treat before trunk-or-treat was a thing? Remember, remember, remember. Every generation experiences change in all facets of life And the only thing we know for sure is that nothing remains the same. Those who refuse to embrace change risk becoming stagnant and jaded. We must move along with the times if we are to remain relevant. But change is not easy or comfortable. Traditions are one way that we're able to hold on to the best parts of our past while living in the present and building the future. Traditions give us a sense of security, comfort, and belonging. Tavier, a Russian character from Fiddler on the Roof, said, Without our traditions, the community of mankind would lose its grounding. The United States of America is perhaps the largest melting pot of cultures worldwide. On a recent trip to New York, visiting with our daughter, I was reminded of just how wonderfully diverse we are. In one afternoon, we heard a plethora of different languages, ate foods from several different countries, saw people dressed in traditional clothing from a myriad of cultures, and walked alongside families from all over the world. This is something I don't experience in my small town. Learning about other cultures enriches our lives and creates a stronger foundation for a world community. However, this only happens if each culture continues to recognize and teach traditions from their homeland. The things that make us different are as important as the things we have in common. Our traditions remind us that we are a part of a history that defines our past, shapes who we are today, and who we are likely to become. If you don't know where you've been, you don't know where you're going. The same rings true for tradition within families, even those within the same culture. The ways in which our individual families live and function today are the results of the traditions our forefathers and mothers put into place long ago. This is never more evident than how we celebrate holidays. Upholding family traditions and creating new ones is a big part of what makes this time of year so special. For nostalgia's sake, I would like to share a few of our Christmas traditions. Some fall into the category of memories more so than tradition, but the line between the two is often blurry. I hope you will delight in this trip down memory lane, and someday I'd love to hear your stories too. Winter Wonderland. My grandmother, Nanny, kept me each weekday while my parents went to work. We were peas and carrots. Nanny lived in a little brick house with a huge yard. My entire childhood played out within those walls. Each year, there was for me a Christmas miracle. I would leave her home one afternoon and return the next morning to find nothing short of a winter wonderland when I opened the front door. A slightly crooked tree stood in one corner of the living room, loaded with ornaments. Clumped in the middle were her favorite ones, a depiction of Mary and Joseph with baby Jesus, an American flag, and a snow globe which contained a picture of the Pope's face. Go ahead and laugh, I am too. These were surrounded by elves, angels, bells, animals, homemade items, and shiny bright balls. The entire thing was trimmed in strings of silver tinsel and no less than 10 strings of lights, some working and some not. Through my child's eyes, it was the most beautiful sight ever. The mantle was adorned with candles, a stuffed Mr. and Mrs. Claus, an angel or two, and several garlands of plastic holly. Remember, this was the 1960s. Every table, lamp, shelf, and cabinet held something festive. Less was not more in Nanny's decorating style. Every room of the little house, even the bathroom, was decorated. There were a trio of candles in each window and a huge wreath on the front door. The miracle found in this happening each year was that it occurred overnight and I never saw her decorate. I never saw one box of Christmas items from the attic or elsewhere. It all just appeared and then disappeared. Looking back, I now realize that most likely I left on a Friday afternoon and returned on Monday morning, which gave Nanny the weekend to do her thing. As a child, this never occurred to me. Anyway, this is one of my fondest childhood memories and led me to believe that Christmas really is filled with magic santa at mid-city before malls were a thing there was a strip shopping center in the middle of our town called mid-city if i remember correctly there was a smith and welton department store a hoffheimer shoe store a dry cleaners a jc Penney's, and a few other small shops in the center of the parking lot sat santa's house It was a little white building with a few concrete steps leading up to it. The house remained closed all year and reopened right after Thanksgiving. During this time on any given night, you would see a line of anxious children and parents waiting in line to see Santa. I hated going to see Santa. First of all, I was a very shy child and I didn't like to talk to people I didn't know. Secondly, it was always very cold and it seemed like we waited for hours outside. When it was your turn, you were supposed to jump onto Santa's lap. I never would. So my parents picked me up and plopped me onto his knee. And by this time, I was in tears. Santa never seemed to be a patient man. He would always say, why don't you stop crying and tell me what you want for Christmas? I never uttered one word to him, and I can still remember how I hated the smell of his fake beard. About this time, the woman behind the camera snapped a picture, which was put into a cardboard frame and handed to the parent. I was given a candy cane and sent on my way down the concrete steps. Opening the cardboard folder, my mother would sigh and say, another picture of you crying on Santa's lap. This scenario played out year after year, and I still have the photos to prove it. The madness finally stopped when my parents either gave up or I got too big to sit on Santa's knee. For years, I would ride by that parking lot and turn my head so as not to look at the little White House. Mid-City is long gone, along with Santa's house. Good riddance. Guess what? I also have a photo album full of photos of my own children crying on Santa's lap. Family traditions die hard. My mind is flooded with Christmas memories from my own childhood and my child-rearing years, and I'm sure yours are too. I hope you enjoyed this podcast, Traditions, Comfort, and Joy.